This message is made available by the partners and friends of Breakthrough Miracle Life. Catch our live broadcast every Wednesday and Sunday on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and on internet radio at mixlr.com forward slash B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-U. We have been speaking on the subject of uh, the basics of salvation and we really have skewed it towards uh, the baptism with the Holy Spirit and what that means and its benefit to the body of Christ, both the individual member of the body and the collective uh, body of Christ. And uh, I would definitely love to, to, to go into uh, practical sessions uh, but I, de- I would like us to also have a, a question and answer around it. Uh, but before that, I would, I would like to, to give a recap. So if you could allow me to share my screen, I should be able to, to, to do so and just recap um, everything. So this has been an amazing journey. I have learned so much. Um, so here we go. Uh, kindly confirm that you can see the and then I should be able to. Okay. Okay. I should be able to proceed. Yes, we can. Okay. So. We've been looking at essentials of salvation, and I will share this uh, via PDF so that it's easy to scroll and PowerPoint if you'd like. Um, And so the foundations that the scripture tells us about is repentance from dead works, faith towards God, baptisms, and there are several baptisms talked about in the scriptures, uh, baptism into the body of Christ, baptism in water, baptism in the Holy Spirit, and baptism by fire, um, baptisms of tribulations and, and all that, uh, laying on of hands, and uh, probably this, 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 this is something that... Um, we, 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 we need to understand beyond laying on of hands of the sick, there's laying on of hands of the elders, there's laying on of hands uh, in, in terms of anointing believers for, or dedicating them for service. Uh, and the scripture is particularly clear about do not lay hands suddenly on anyone. Um, so there must be thought and purpose to it. Resurrection from the dead, eternal judgment. And if these are the foundations, that means the believer needs to be grounded in each of these areas. And I think all of us have room to grow in our understanding of these things. Because the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 14, that in malice be children, but in understanding be men, or be mature, or be full grown. And so we trust that God will give us understanding as a ministry, as a body of Christ, um, locally but also corporately all over the world 
grounding in these aspects and hence the ministry of, of, of the apostle, apostles and prophets who lay foundations um, for these things and, and the believer needs to be strengthened. So we thank God for the ministry of the apostles and prophets among us uh, and, uh, and also Apostle Raymond in particular and the, the ministry has been uh, laboring in uh, at, at Breakthrough. So we thank God for that. And um, there are prophets among us. Some of them are, are hiding inside there. Hey, just the announcement that we need you to do your, to do your part. <laughs> we need you to do your part. All believers should prophesy, but there is a place for the prophet. And uh, when we have the challenge of prophets now doing the prophesying for believers, giving them words, personal words, uh, and, and that becomes their role, then they stop doing what the prophet does, which is part of foundation laying and establishment. Uh, and then they get into becoming people's uh, uh, mediums <laughs> type of thing. Once things of God get out of context, my friend, it brings confusion. And you know what the result of confusion is. The, the sheep are scattered. Yeah. And, and so we are going to, we are going to see a bit of that. So we, we, we looked at the scriptures going from Acts chapter 19 right up to Acts chapter 12, um, chapter, uh, two. And so when, uh, when we found believers who did not know there was a Holy Spirit and Paul was like, what, what kind of baptism did you receive then? Um, and then they said the baptism of John, and the baptism of John was only in part waiting for the fulfillment of uh, the coming of the Messiah. And so belief upon the Lord Jesus Christ is what has been mandated for us to teach. Why? Because all the scriptures, the law, uh, the prophets, Abraham, like Abraham spoke of Jesus, Jesus said that himself. Uh, Moses spoke about Christ. Um, Enoch spoke about Christ, the law speaks about Christ, the prophets prophesy about Christ, Isaiah, all those people, to the letter, they talk about Christ Jesus. And so forgiveness of sins must be preached in his name. And why forgiveness of sins? Because sin happened through one man and through that death came into the world. And the death passed to all men because in Adam all sinned. But in Christ Jesus all are made alive. And, in, and that is the message uh, that should be preached, forgiveness of sins in his name. And following that, it is coupled with water baptism. And then following that, it's, it's or following, or at the same time, the, the order sometimes does not matter, but the three are essential. Receiving the message of Christ Jesus and the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus, uh, being baptized in water, and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And we saw this repeated all throughout. And when you see the scripture repeating things, the Bible says that uh, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, a word shall be established. So scripture confirms scripture, scripture complements scripture, scripture contextualizes scripture. It is the whole counsel of God's word uh, that we see. So God does not fill his book, my friends with things of minor or irrelevance. If you see some, if we see something in the scriptures and it's being repeated, that means there is importance. And once we see it repeated so many times, that is standard. 
Yeah. So it's important for us to look at these patterns in the scriptures. So when we went through Acts 19, Acts 11, Acts 10, Acts 9, Acts 8, Acts, Acts 2, Acts 1, and the others, we found that the same thing was being preached. When, when believers were, when people were ministered the gospel to, they were, and they received the word, or they believed, the, the scripture calls it receiving the word of God, or receiving Jesus, who is the word of God. They were baptized, both men and women. I need to emphasize that, both men and women. And when they were baptized, then they sent Peter and John, or the, the, the apostle who was there like Paul in this context, or Peter, the Holy Ghost was present and he fell on them. You notice that ever since the day of Pentecost, there is no more Holy Ghost coming down from heaven. He's there, he's in the vicinity and he's falling on people. But because of ignorance, sometimes we get into songs like Give us the Holy Spirit, who you promised us. He gave. It's about now receiving. Because the question Paul asked was not, did God give you or did God send you the Holy Spirit? He asked, did you receive? And in many of these things, it's not about has Jesus paid the price for you to pay? No, he paid the price. He was slain from the foundation of the world, made manifest in this last time. Have you received him? When the, the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, not when they heard that Jesus had died for the Samaritans, because he died for them already. It was now that the Samaritans were receiving that which was given to them. So it's important for us to, to walk in that understanding that the Spirit of God is here. And we are not asking him to come down from heaven as he was promised. He was already promised. He came down. We are just appropriating. Just like every other thing for the believer. We appropriate by faith what God has provided by grace through faith in his word. Yes. So then we went to... You're just going to excuse me. I get my battery powered because it's running on the low. Okay. Amen. Um, as Dr. Moses gets his uh, power adapter, you know, so he can continue the message. Um, I pray we all, you know, as, as he's going through, begin to get your questions ready. Uh, begin to think about the questions you've had, maybe about tongues, about um, praying in tongues, about interpretation of tongues. I know some of you had questions. Get your questions ready so that you are ready for the Q&A part. Amen. Right. So, sorry about that. Um, yes, so then we went on to... The, the message, why, why, what is the message of believing in Jesus and what, what is the, the good news of the gospel. And, and beloved, it is good news. And I, I think sometimes we forget that, that we are privileged to be called saints. We are, um, 
We are accepted in the beloved. And I, I believe that the message of who we are in Christ is, is really a timely word for all seasons, all believers. It's like brushing your teeth, man. You, you, you can't do without it <laughs> if you're going to make it out in, in life. You, 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 you have to do it every day. We have to remember who we are in Christ Jesus. And I believe that uh, the partaking of communion is one of those things that sort of, it brings us back to the campus. It sort of tells us we are in true north here every time we meet uh, to remember that we are part and parcel of the body of Christ, that our physical bodies are actually members of Christ Jesus. We are not talking about the spirit, the physical body. The Bible tells us our bodies are members of Christ himself. And that is why sickness is unacceptable in this body because it is a member of Christ himself. Sickness is not part of Christ's resurrected body and therefore it is not part of our physical body because the spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead quickens or brings life to our mortal bodies. So we, 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 we saw that the belief is in Jesus, baptism and receiving the Holy Spirit. And the belief in the heart is coupled with confession in the mouth, according to Romans 10, uh, Romans 10, 17. And then baptism into the body of Christ is coupled with a symbolic baptism in water. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is manifested with outward audible speaking with other tongues at the minimum. This is like the bare minimum for salvation. And so... We talked about sin, righteousness, and judgment that the spirit, uh, when he is come, convicts the world of sin because they do not believe. And, and that is what is really taking people to, to hell, that they don't believe in Jesus who paid their price. They don't believe on him who took away their sins. They don't gaze on the serpent, and that is lifted up, that the serpent that is biting them uh, may, uh, may be remedied. So... Righteousness, because righteousness and judgment are the establishment of God's throne, is the righteous judge of all the earth. So when sin came in, judgment came in, and and you can see it in in places like Sodom and Gomorrah, where the wickedness had reached up to heaven, that God came down and said, "I'm going to go down and see if what I am hearing is so." And you, you know, as a righteous judge of the earth, you'd think he knows. He knows what is going on and he still comes down. And he comes down and he says, shall I hide from my servant Abraham or my friend Abraham what, uh, what I am about to do? You know, for I know him that he will teach his children after him uh, the commandments of God and went ahead to, 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 to talk to Abraham. And I think God was looking for somebody to stand in the gap because much as the Lord is the righteous judge of the earth, he loves the world. He made the world. He, he, you know, he created all these things out of love and he is love himself. And, you know, you see scriptures, the Lord saying, I look for somebody to stand in the gap. I looked and, and here comes Jesus, who is the, the brightness of God's glory and the express image of his person. If you want to see God physically, look at Jesus. He is the man, he is the, he is the express image of God's person. In other words, if God, a, if God has a face, if God has a, if God has an express image, it is Jesus Christ. If you took a photo of God, you would see Jesus. Um, and yet they are distinct persons, but they are one. 
It's like the Mukasa family. You have Mukasa John, Mukasa Mary, Mukasa, they're all Mukasa, they're all God in different personalities. But the express image of God's person is Christ Jesus and in love, Jesus came and died. And so God has paid the price for us himself. Yeah, just like Abraham said when Isaac asked him, where is the lamb for the sacrifice? I see the wood, I see the fire. And then God said, uh, Abraham said to Isaac, the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. And, and that was on the same uh, mountain where Jesus was crucified. So we, we do see that all prophecies point towards God in love making the price paid to fulfill all righteousness and to take away the judgment that justly came upon sin. He became sin for us, Second uh, Corinthians 5.21, uh, who, who, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So this is the message that is our substitute for exchange. And when we take, when he took our place, uh, he gave us his place so God switched his hands the hand of judgment upon Christ the hand of blessing may come upon us through Jesus Christ so all these things that have been paid for we appropriate them in Christ Jesus okay so then we we, we, we then went into speaking with other tongues and uh, and defined it and a tongue is a language and uh, these, these are the languages that the scriptures talk about of men and of angels and uh, and they must be coupled with love and anything in the scriptures really out of love it just puffs up it's you're like popcorn to a balloon you know highly inflated and full of nothing you know and it's important for us to understand that anything we do, this, the things that we teach, the revelations that we get, the end of the commandment is love from a pure heart. I think that's that's first uh, first Timothy chapter one, yeah, first three. The end of the commandment is love, out of a pure heart, out of a clear conscience, and out of unpretending faith. Yeah, I used to be scared sometimes to tell people I loved them. You know, hey, look at a brother. Say I love, I love you, and it felt weird, but not to my spirit, but to my understanding. Like how to tell a sister in the Lord, I love you, and do it deeply from my heart, with because the mind is clouded by how will they think about me? You know, fear, but. The end of the commandment is love. And this love transcends, you know, physical attraction or emotional attraction. It is the love of God shed abroad. That love which, no, which, which is a man laying down his life for his friend. Yeah. And, and that is what will characterize us from the world, beloved. That we love one another. And that love of, I will lay down my life for you. But when I said to Pastor Noah, Brother Noah, I love you. It means that I will lay down my life for you. So if I can lay down my life for Brother Noah, what is getting up at 2 a.m.? You get it becomes, it becomes piece of cake. You don't have to ask me. I'll do it for you. Or if it comes to 
have my house or do this, I will do it for you. Why? Because I can lay down my life for you. So what are all these other things? They are less than, they are less than uh, what I can do for you out of love for you. And so that for me has been a, a challenge that as we grow in love, as we express ourselves in love, then all these other things find their place. Yeah? The Bible says love is the bond of perfection. You can imagine building a foundation without building a house without cement. Yeah. And without interlocking of anything. Then you the wind will blow and everything will come down. But when you have cement, when you have interlocking, when you have nails, it holds everything in one solid piece. So you can say I have a house. You don't say I have wood tiles, uh, you have a house. And as you are being built a spiritual house unto the Lord, what binds us together is that love. So, love is, is the context in which speaking in tongues uh, has its maximum benefit and God-ordained place. Alright, so uh We've seen uh, that scripture and then the Bible talks about uh, tongues having the context or the, the, the general benefit of the church in growth is, comes through prophecy, revelation, doctrine and knowledge. And as later on in the scripture we also see tongues and interpretation of, and psalms as well coming in. And the scripture confirms that uh, in, in Ephesians, not be drunk with wine but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. I believe that uh, that is the place for this. So we went into a, a tongue being a language, a tongue being a sign that follows believers and these are all those believers. Then we went into the personal and congregational benefit of speaking in tongues. And then from the scriptures we saw a tongue is a language spoken by a believer by he, as the spirit gives them utterance. It is spoken to God in the spirit realm. And that is a realm that uh, really should be uh, commonplace to us. Uh, we, we walk the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Though we knew Christ after the flesh, we know him no longer. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. We need to walk in this newness or this, this realm. We are alive spiritually and there is a spiritual world that influences and has bearing on the physical world. Everything that we see came from things that we do not see. Yeah, uh, The world was framed by the word of God. So that things which are not seen were not made from things which do appear. That means the unseen is the origin of the seen world. So we, we went on to say that tongues are for, are for edification, for building up. A tongue uh, is not usually understood unless it's interpreted and uh, it edifies the believer. And when interpreted, it edifies men. So there is a public and a, a private side uh, to, to, to speaking in tongues. And 
they are not useless. Tongues will cease when perfection comes. We haven't reached perfection uh, yet, so tongues are here to stay until that point. So we then went on to to to, say, to talk about tongues uh, should be spoken to the point of interpretation to edify the church. Um, and God does not ask us to pray for what he doesn't want us to have. So God wants people to pray, to interpret tongues. And uh, hopefully we will get into that today. And then... <clears throat> The believer should pray that he may interpret. That means there's a point of interpretation for everyone. Um, then we looked at uh, tongues have collective benefit. Tongues facilitate maturity of understanding. The scripture says um, in, in malice be children, but in understanding be men. Uh, tongues are for spiritual rest and refreshing as prophesied by Isaiah. So there is... And then we also saw that tongues out of context do not edify the church and it's tantamount to speaking in the air. So there is that place of understanding. All the things we do should bring us to a place of understanding. Yeah. If, if I am more confused about something after it than before, then we are not growing in understanding. So we should seek to the point of understanding. That's why we study the scriptures so that we can understand them. And in understanding, we can obey them. And in obeying them, we can understand even more. Yeah, you, do, you cannot walk in any more light until you walk in the light that you already have. So we, are, we, we have to walk in speaking in tongues for us to find the full benefit of speaking in tongues. Yeah, so we are going to, to get to that place. And then tongues are for spiritual rest and refreshing. Tongues are assigned to unbelievers, but if they come and everyone is speaking in tongues, they will say, you are mad. So for the full benefit of the witness of God, there must be interpretation. In other words, there must be prophesying. Because Joel spoke about all believers prophesying, like your sons and daughters shall prophesy. So tongues are the foundation or the backdrop against which prophecy begins. Yeah, so tongues need to be spoken to the point of interpretation. To then prophecy must be done to the point of. Uh, Joel said, "Your sons and daughters prophesy. Your young men shall uh, see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Uh, I will show signs and wonders in, in in the heavens and above." So speaking, seeing, and doing. So tongues, prophecy, and action. Tongues, prophecy, and action. That is the order of, of God's things. Speaking tongues, sp speak uh, supernatural utterances, prophesy, see visions, dream dreams, do signs and wonders. Okay? And these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall speak, Kwanzaa, number one. They shall speak in new tongues. And they, they, they shall cast out demons. They shall speak in new tongues. They shall take up serpents, rebuke anything deadly shall not happen. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So you can see that there is an order and a characteristics for the believers to speak authority, to speak in tongues, to take up serpents, and to lay hands on the sick. There is action. Speaking, action. So, and then uh, we saw that uh, tongues in, this, in the public setting should be limited to two or three, and one after another, and one should interpret. 
But if there's no interpreter, they should be on the silent side, spoken by the believer, and then in the church context, uh, understanding should be characterized, should characterize all that is happening. Then we also saw that things should be done decently in order all believers can prophesy one by one according to, to First um, Corinthians uh, 14, 20, uh, 31, for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. That is the place of understanding the body of Christ. So tongues should really facilitate learning and encouragement and uh, prophecy, which is praying from a point of interpretation. I haven't uh, uh, emphasized as much the singing bit of tongues, but this, the Bible says, I will pray in other tongues, I will sing in other tongues, and I will interpret, or I will sing in the understanding also, I will pray in the understanding also. It seems to me that there should be as much singing as there should be praying. Yeah, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God. I, I think we, we need to emphasize the singing part as well for the believer. He has put a song in my heart to sing, and that song should be sung. So we, we, we skipped uh, some scriptures in uh, verse 34 to verse 38 about the women being silent in church, and, and I think there will be a, a time and place to discuss that, but I believe it's in the context of speaking. And, and so, God willing, we will, we will touch on that at a later point. Uh, but the Bible says at the end of 1 Corinthians uh, 14, Wherefore, brethren, convert to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. In other words, let us desire to cause understanding, to cause learning and encouragement, and we should speak in tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. So the stage has been set. All believers must and should speak in tongues. And I've, I've shared the definitions almost on every page here uh, because the definition kept building up. So it came from a tongue is an inspired utterance, spoken, spoken and or sung by a believer's spirit. Then we went to it's unknown to the mind. We also saw that it is a sign accompanied by interpretation to understanding for the witness to, unbeliever, to the unbeliever. It brings rest and refreshment. It is spoken at will. I will pray. I will sing. And it is subject to the believer. Yeah, You can't be overwhelmed by your own spirit. Your spirit is subject to you. Yeah, So you can do it decently and you can do it in order. So for its full benefit, there must be subsequent interpretation and or in words that are easy to understand. Revelation, knowledge, prophecy, doctrine, psalm, eh, we've added a psalm, and an interpretation. These bring peace and not confusion. And I think these scriptures really show us God wants everybody to have this. Yeah? God wants everybody to have this. Yeah, so there were some uh, uh, questions uh, interpretation uh, beyond speaking in tongues. How do we do that? One, desire to prophesy. One, two, speak in tongues. Three, all should prophesy in the church congregation. So this is the space in which prophecy happens. And then we must just ensure that it is done decently and in order for benefit, for understanding, and for peace. And then let's just say, 
I, I like riding this bike experience told me I've fallen, that bike has fallen on me a couple of times. Thank God I had some good riding boots and, uh, you know, you, the balancing is, is for learning. But if you quit, then you never learn. And, and so we, we can deal with uh, rightly dividing the word of truth. If something is off, let it be, let us learn from, the, from it, you know. I think sometimes people are scared of missing of missing it that they never try they never try it. So we should not be afraid to to learn. We should uh we should be bold and, and, and be encouraged to actually exercise. And I think when the stage is set and I believe Breakthrough is one of the ministries that sets the stage for the supernatural, eh, believers should engage. So my dear you start praying in tongues and pray to the point of interpretation. That means pray with your mind and pray with your spirit and also pray with your understanding also. Pray to the point of interpretation. Pray that you may interpret what you're saying when you pray in tongues. And then start to interpret by faith. The, the way you don't know exactly what you're going to say when you speak in tongues, you just know you're going to speak them and then you begin is the same way. You begin. Sometimes you just have one word that comes to your spirit. Peace. 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 And then as you're speaking that word, peace, peace, you're believing that utterance is going to come. Then you go ahead. Peace that, that, that steals my soul. Peace that reminds me that God is in control. Peace. Peace. I hold on to my peace. Peace in the midst of the storm. Peace, not the absence of war. Peace, but the prince of peace in my soul. You know, something, and actually, ooh, glory be to God, that that's just came out of my spirit. So you, you begin to do that. Yeah, you, you begin to speak to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You, you know, from that, uh, it's, it's, it happens like uh, the way you know, I am going to speak in tongues. I've decided to speak in tongues and you block off your mind. This time you're engaging your mind, but not with your head. You're engaging your mind with your spirit. Where those tongues come from, also prophecy or supernatural inspired utterances in a known language come from. And they bring peace. They bring understanding. Let the word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom, speaking to yourself in some things and spiritual songs. Then, uh, on the day of Pentecost, the tongues of the day of Pentecost, people from the, from the known world came and had the believers, the Galileans, speaking, you know, Greek, speaking uh, Persian, speaking uh, Mesopotamian or Egyptian, whatever. They, they had all those languages and they had these people magnifying or declaring the works of God. So, why is it that we don't hear those languages today may be the question, uh, if they are, we can clarify on it. But you see, the Bible tells us we speak, the, the, the tongues that are spoken can be of men and of angels. And I believe that um, when a sign is given, sometimes it is, it is, it is for the, the unlearned to understand. So it was basically, they were prophesying. They were prophesying in the hearing of those people, although in, for them, it wasn't known to their minds, but to the minds of the believers to whom it was a sign, it came with an understanding in their native languages. And 
There are many ways this can happen. It could be the person that has come, you're speaking in their language, if it's German, whatever, a German comes or someone who understands German and they hear you speak German supernaturally for you, you don't understand it, they do. Or you will speak and God will give you the interpretation and you prophesy and the person who comes as an unbeliever is convicted by what you have prophesied. Or God will give them supernatural hearing of the language you're speaking supernaturally. So it can be the interpretation is given to me, the interpretation is given to them. At the end of the day, it brings context, it brings benefit, it brings understanding, it brings conviction, it points people towards God. That is what all our uh, spirituality should result to, pointing people towards God, drawing us closer to God and not further from Him. Yeah, so... I would like to pause there and uh, hand over back to, to you, Noah, and uh, for two things, really. One, for the Q&A, but then also for, for, for some demonstration and practical sessions. I, I thought I was getting a, a little bit ahead of myself when, I, when we began to talk about psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, but those are things that uh, we can get into uh, a little later. Over to you, Noah. Thank you. For more information, call or WhatsApp 704 89